from the first whistle blow till the game is on the line. This is Stoppage Time. What's up, guys? Welcome to another week of Stoppage Time. It's your boy, Greg. And it's Tyler. And we have another exciting week. I know that we kind of took a little week off after uh, the games last week. But uh, Tyler, uh, you know, how are we doing today? Uh, doing all right. I'm hanging in there. Just, uh, just ready to record. All right. Well, we could dive right into it. Uh, let's get the results from the group stages. Group A, I know that we had a bunch of exciting uh, action going on in Group A, especially that PSG Manchester City game. Uh, Tyler, what was the results on those? Well, first off, uh, let's run through the uh, the group state the group standings right now. Group A, uh, we have PSG, uh, Club Brugge, Man City, and RB Leipzig in that group. Uh, yeah, that that PSG Man City game was kind of the game to uh, the marquee matchup of this week, and I'm gonna. I'm going to venture out on a limb and say that it was kind of disappointing. Man City definitely had their chances and were not able to capitalize. They they were pretty much split on possession, but Man City took uh, 12 more shots than uh, PSG did, uh, 18 compared to six, and had 10 corner kicks compared to PSG's two. Uh, However, PSG was able to capitalize and won that game two to nothing what an uh, i i thought that the game was interesting especially the very first real opportunity that they had where they the the ball hit the crossbar twice in a row um coming up close to the end of the first half um interesting game uh nice to see gay get his goal in early for psg we'll get more into some of the controversy um later on next up we had leipzig versus club brugge ty what are your thoughts Oh, man, I was going to say as expected, but maybe not as expected. Uh, Brugge and PSG uh, are tied in this group after week two with Brugge defeating Leipzig 2-1. to one. Uh, And Cuckoo scored another goal for Leipzig, and their defense did better. But uh, Brugge never uh, wasn't in control of this game, it felt like. And uh, they, they continue to be uh, currently the surprise uh, in this group. They do have... Uh, two back-to-back matchups with Man City coming up, so we'll really see what they uh, what they're worth here in the next couple of games. But uh, once again, uh, Brugge and uh, some other teams that we'll be getting into later uh, continue to surprise. Fantastic! So we move on to Group B, and the, and the standings there we have Liverpool on top of the table with two solid wins atletico right behind them with four points porto in with one and ac milan disappointingly down at the bottom of the group and we have ac milan that went up against atletico at home tyler let us know what went down so atletico came back and really won this game uh towards the end they dominated possession dominated shots but uh ac milan held on to a uh, 1-0 lead until the 80th minute, um, mid-80th minute, uh, when Atletico uh, scored two goals, uh, one by uh, Greg's favorite, uh, Antoine Griezmann, Greasy Greasy, and uh, Suarez put in a a very, very late PK to seal the win. Um, 
but for a while it looked like uh, La Liga was going to have a lot of trouble and uh, it was all the more surprising that it took him that long to score with that many shots when considering the fact that Milan was down a man for the majority of the game. Uh, for about mm-hmm. 60 minutes, Milan was down a man and continued to hold on. And I mean, I would between this and the, the Liverpool game where they were up for a decent part of the game, despite being out outmatched in that one as well against Liverpool last week, uh, I feel bad for them if they have zero points out of this. Like the their uh, their end game performance uh, is not indicative of where they are in their table. That is a fact, and 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 football could be um, fo- football could be tricky that way, and you could find yourself in the worst position after putting out some of the best performances. So, um, but let's see how Liverpool faced up against Porto this week, smashing victory. Tyler, let's dive more into that. I don't know what to dive more into. Uh, Liverpool just dominated Porto. And, I mean, again, Porto has one point. They tied with uh, Atletico last week, so they're actually ahead of Milan. I'm very interested to see um, Milan play Porto in these next two weeks, uh, in these next two uh, rounds of games, because uh, I think that'll really show which one of these teams – is going to be competing for third place. I mean, Liverpool could have won this game by double digits. Let's be honest. And uh, Porto's backup keeper made some just baffling, baffling decisions in this game. And uh, yeah, no, I I think Liverpool uh, Liverpool could have scored more, but they didn't necessarily need to. Um, they they got in. They took care of business. Porto got a goal. Uh, still lost five to one. It was a, uh, yeah, it was a pretty sound, sound victory by Liverpool. And a lot of the usual suspects, uh, namely Salah, Mane, and Firmino, uh, making impacts in that game. Moving on to Group C. Group C, we have um, at the top of the table Ajax with two uh, with two wins that gives them six points. Um, Borussia Dortmund has six points as well, um, and. Uh, Bastas and and Sporting are down at the bottom with um, with zero points. Tyler, let's dive into that Ajax game versus Besiktas. Uh, yeah, no, um, Ajax didn't put on the type of performance that they did against uh, Sporting last week, but they didn't really need to. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a pretty dominant win. Again, uh, you know, the usual suspects scored for them, which was Berghaus and Allaire. Uh, Allaire continuing his... Uh, tear of goals uh, i couldn't think of anything i'm sorry that that rhymed uh but yeah no Ajax is in complete control of this group right now setting up two back-to-back games against dortmund which should be fantastic mm-hmm. and barisha dortmund facing up against uh sporting with a one nil victory over them uh what was what was the greatest uh highlight here for uh for barisha dortmund based on last week's performance um, to this week's performance? Well, they did it without Thor. Thor did mm-hmm. not play this game. Uh, they did it without uh, Erling Holland and uh, showed that they could uh, take care of uh, business against, you know, we, we keep mentioning it, the pot A team sporting. Uh, sporting just continues to be uh, kind of outclassed in, in this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they, they have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. And it will be in it will be an interesting matchup against Ajax in the upcoming weeks. 
So that has been Group C. Moving on to Group D, the real surprise for this group. And we could dive into this after we, we list them out. But at the top of Group D, surprising, surprising, Sheriff is on top with two wins, six points. Real Madrid uh, following the, the leaders of this group with three points, Inter Milan with one, um, and Shakhtar down at the bottom with one point as well, down on goal difference. Tyler, let's dive into that Shakhtar game um, versus Inter Milan. Um. I mean, it was a 0-0 game. Uh, it was a game both of these teams, I think, uh, knowing the result of what happened with Sheriff, would like to have back and uh, maybe try a little bit harder because uh, they definitely have their work cut out for them. Uh, if they you know, even want to compete for second or third in this group, it's, uh, it's really hard looking at it right now. Uh, to see either of these teams uh, making much of a dent. And it looks like it's uh, definitely going to be a two-horse race. Very interesting two-horse race. And not the two horses that we were thinking about, but we still have to see a little bit more from Sheriff. We'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the Real Madrid versus Sheriff uh, matchup this weekend. Sheriff beating Real Madrid 2-1, to one, with Real Madrid only scoring a PK from Benzema. Tyler, let's dive into that. Uh, this was a fantastic game to watch, uh, utterly fantastic uh, to watch this team. And they, they kept bringing this up during the broadcast. It's the lowest rated team in the competition going into the Bernabeu and winning. <laughs> it's considered one of the greatest Champions League upsets of all time currently. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to lie, when Benzema got that PK, you know, I, I don't really have a dog. I didn't really have a dog in this game, but uh, my heart sank a little bit when it was 1-1. I was like, no, I, I wanted the upset. I wanted the upset. And then Sheriff went down and scored uh, in the 89th minute. Um, and it was, you know, not, not that it was, uh, you know, similar to this, but it was almost like the do you believe in miracles game, the hockey game when the U.S. beat Russia. <laughs> like it was like, it was literally one of those type things like you could you could feel the the energy and i i mean we we saw it happen last year with shakhtar going into a um, they they didn't play at the bernabeu but they they defeated real madrid on their home court court mm -hmm. and the uh, but, the, but but this was so much more and this was i mean it's it it's got to make you smile seeing the underdog do something like this and i mean greg last week you you mentioned that you needed to see more from them in terms of possession in terms of shots in terms of you know and the same thing happened this, this week, week that happened last, last week madrid dominated possession they dominated shots and sheriff still won mm -hmm. oh well, we we could dive into that when when we get into some of the, our our highlight classifications going on after the group stages but yes i did i did mention that and i looked at the stat line and i was like this is their strategy it seems that they they don't need possession but we move on to group e very interesting group again well not interesting in who's <laughs> uh 
topping the group, but interesting in who's at the bottom of the group with zero points. So we have uh, Bayern Munich winning two games uh, over the past two games. Uh, with six points, we have Benfica second with four, Dynamo Kiev with one, and Barcelona sitting at the bottom of the group with zero points. Tyler, let's dive into that uh, Bayern Munich versus Dynamo Kiev complete domination on this side. Yeah, I would say I don't think that there's much to dive into. Bayern came in, took care of business, won five nothing. Uh, they have they have eight goals in two games. Um, it, it it is what it is. It is what, yes. I, yeah, I, I, Bayern is doing what needs to be done. Yes, unlike that Benfica boys. versus Barcelona. Three three nothing versus Barcelona. Benfica played a fantastic game. It could have been um, worse, honestly. It could have been worse. Uh, there's, ter, there's ter, a lot. Ter Stegen got bailed out by his post. <laughs> um, I, if if you want to call three nothing a bailout, then uh, <laughs> I think the, I think the, that the team did great then. Um, <laughs> but no, truly truly disappointing performances from Barcelona, both here and in La Liga. Um, not much to dive into this game either. It was a true, dis- truly disappointing game. But I don't want to take anything away from Benfica. Benfica played fantastic football all day. So, um, and and we might have uh, something happening uh, that hasn't happened in at least twenty years, which is Barcelona not moving on yes. past the group stage. Yes. Um, so very very interesting uh, group indeed with Group E. Oh, that that could be. A conversation on this podcast all, all day, but we don't have all day. So we move on to Group F. Group F, where Atalanta is on top of the group with four points, followed by Young Boys. Gotta love those Young Boys. Uh, followed by Manchester United, down just by goal difference, as uh, Young Boys and Manchester have three points each. And Villarreal takes up the bottom of the table with one. Now let's go over that Atalanta versus Young Boys. This is Young Boys' first uh, loss in this competition over the two games. I know that we were raving about them over last week, but what went on in this game, Tyler? Uh, honestly, complete domination by Atalanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Boys only managed three shots uh, compared to Atalanta's 13. Atalanta had 64% of the possession, and it felt like it. They they probably should have at least put in a couple more uh, goals here. Uh, to, to bump up that goal differential. I know that they had, uh, I think it was like one or two of them actually called back. Uh, so this mm-hmm. could have been, this honestly should have been a lot worse. Uh, young boys uh, really need to uh, rebound if they want to uh, stay viable in this group uh, and at least make it uh, out to the, uh, the playoff round. Indeed, indeed. This was not a good performance by young boys by any stretch. Um, and yes, there were, you know, the, there was uh, a couple uh, strange, strange calls in that game. Not as strange as some of the calls that we found in the next matchup in, in terms of how many cars were given out um, coming down to the end of the game. But we have Manchester United versus Villarreal with an amazing goal from Tellez. Let's, let's just call that the goal of the week um, for right now. Um, even though many would contest and say Ronaldo's goal was more important. Yeah, it was, but Teller's goal was beautiful. Um, Tyler, let's dive into that game real quick. 2-1 the score. Yeah, 2-1 Man U uh, wins in stoppage time uh, off a Ronaldo goal, um, which honestly, 
we, we talked a little bit last week about some of the troubling uh, performance that Man U had. Uh, again, that continued over to this game. They got the win, but they played terrible. Terribly. Mm-hmm. They, they, in reality, should not have won this game. Uh, Via Real, uh, I, I would say that they blew it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would go as far as to say that they had this game won and blew it. It's not the the Manchester United uh, that we were expecting, especially once they added Ronaldo. Uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and you know, like like young boys, they yeah they sit tied for second right now with three points, but they got a lot of work to do if they want to. Uh, I'll, I'll use this phrase again: stay viable in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving on. We have Group G, where Salzburg leads the top of the group with four points. Sevilla has two points. Wolfsburg tying with two down on goal difference. And Lille with one point taking up the bottom. Tyler, let's run into that Salzburg game where they won against Lille two to one. Off PKs, uh, which is crazy to think that Salzburg just keeps getting all these PKs. I think they had three or four uh, in the first game and they had two in this game. Salzburg's a dangerous team. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about it with this group that they're exciting. They, they have a lot of explosive playmakers and I think it's showing. I, I still don't think this group is particularly exciting. You know, Lille has definitely been disappointing. You know, they, they surprised PSG and uh, won the, the French League last year, uh, not doing great this year. And uh, that seems to be uh, continuing over into this tournament. Uh, they they kind of lucked into a goal. Uh, toward the end of this game to make it closer than it actually was. But, uh, I mean, the the best team in this group does look like it's Salzburg, and they are ahead of this group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how do we feel about the Wolfsburg versus Via, um, Sevilla, my bad, uh, matchup, that 1-1 draw, um, Rakitic scoring that PK in the game? Um, I mean, it, again, it was a late PK. Wolfsburg kind of had this game won and kind of blew it off of a couple um, mindless mistakes uh, and errors down the line. I, I think right now it's Salzburg's group to lose and whoever gets second, I think they're just going to be happy to move on. This is a tough group to put a finger on again. And we talked about it mm-hmm. last week, like the, this group was kind of a shrug and it, it's still kind of a shrug. Like yeah, I shrug at you. I, I think we were excited about this group pre-tournament and it hadn't, no one's really lived up to where we'd built things up in our head. So um, yeah, I, I, I would say that other than Salzburg, this group is pretty disappointing, but at least Salzburg yes. is scoring goals. Yes. <laughs> Salzburg is scoring goals. This, uh, this group, this group is, is the wild card. I, I, I honestly believe don't no one, Nobody's really looking at this group and nobody's really expecting much from this group. But what we're expecting is from Group H, if we go into Group H really quickly, Juventus at the top of this group, where Juventus was struggling last year in the Champions League. Um, Chelsea, the reigning champions, in second place with three points. Uh, Zenit with three points. And Malmo, no surprise there, at the bottom of the group with zero points. Um, Zenit's defeat over Malmo was the 4-0 the score Tyler take us into it 
I mean, not not much to really talk about here. Malmo uh, is very outmatched by every group in this uh, in this uh, by every team in this group. Sorry, yeah. every team in this group. Uh, I mean, and then they have two back to back games coming up against Juventus, who. Um, you know, Greg and I like to admit when we're wrong on this podcast, we we had given Chelsea this group and with all the points uh, pre, pre-tournament starting and Chelsea uh, just dropped one against Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, um, you know, I, I don't see much hope for Malmo. And Zenit, you got three points. That's two more than you got last year. Um, you, you might even walk out with six when you play Malmo again. Mm. Who knows? But um, yeah, uh, at least you're going to get to go over to the Europa. Yes, uh, at least some something. So there's an opportunity for them um, later on. But Tyler, a lot of great games this week. Tons of great games. I want to just go over a couple key highlights with you. A couple key things that we could dig into and, and possibly speculate going on into next week. So um, top highlights, Sheriff. The David of the Champions League. They are fighting against a bunch of giants and the possibility of them leaving the group stages and going on to uh, the round of 16 seems high right now. And we're only two games in. We have four more to go. But um, let's go over some game stats real quick. So last week, I definitely spoke about how Sheriff was not to me, the stats did not scream dominance. And and if you look at this game against Real Madrid, where Real Madrid took 31 shots versus their 11 on target um, and scoring only one off of a, off of a penalty kick. Um, they had 76 possession over um, Sheriff with 705 passes. 705 passes to the 237 passes from Sheriff um, and 88% passing accuracy. Is Sheriff just playing a more physical game than these Titans and well, beating them? Also, 13 corner kicks to zero for Sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean Sh- Sheriff, as Greg put it, is the, the David here. And they, they're in a very uh, interesting position going into these uh, next two games against Inter. Because... They don't have to win them both. No. They, I, I think that the way that not only the wins have, have shaken out, but the goals have shaken out. Well, they, they I, efficiency... I, I think, I think, I think Sheriff is at least locked into second at this I, point. I, I think that Sheriff is, it might become top of the group because, if, especially unless there's a coach out there um, within this group that could look at Sheriff's gameplay so far and realize what they're doing. Because I, I haven't seen it yet, right? Right now, I just see a team that, that has been dominated on, on mostly all the stats, um, except for goal efficiency, right? Two, three shots on target with two shots in, that, that is way better than the 11 shots on target by Manchester United, sorry, by Real Madrid um, on target with only one goal in and the only goal that they had was uh, was a penalty kick so what is what is sheriff doing 
that uh, apparently has not been done before. I just this just screams to me that they are a more physical team, and it points like the 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 stat line that I'm really looking at is the amount of fouls committed from Sheriff on each game has been double digits, right? Um, very few offsides, no red cards. Uh, they had four yellow cards in this game, but twelve fouls over Real Madrid. Could we say that this team is just way more physical than these uh, than this group could handle? And would that be enough for them to go into the round of sixteen? Because we could already like like you said, they are for sure at this moment locked into second place and will be round of sixteen. Could they take that strategy all the way to say like a Bayern Munich? or a PSG or Manchester City? I, I definitely think that they'd be up for the challenge. I don't think that they're afraid of any of these teams. And, uh, you know, that points to the amount of fouls, the amount of, you know, card. They're not afraid to get cards. They're not afraid to foul. And they're capitalizing on their opportunities. Even on Benzema's PK, the keeper guessed correctly. He just didn't get to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that, they, they could have stopped potentially that as well. So, I mean, the, I, I just think right now what they need to do as a team is stay the course. Don't get too overconfident. Like, yes, you went in and beat a world giant on their home court. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to do. No. What you need to not do is go play a team like Inter and lose for nothing. And give up mm-hmm. all of that goal differential that you have. Mm-hmm. That would be a disaster. Yes. Depending, it, it really just depends on what happens because they're playing Inter twice. I think yes. we'll, I think we'll, uh, twice in a row. So I think we'll yes. know a lot more about them and where this team is ultimately headed after the first game against Inter. If they win that game, one nothing, five nothing, four nothing. It doesn't matter. The goal, no. you know, they they're up. They've got nine points. Yep. At a certain I, point, the goal differential is not going to matter. No, 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 no. And I think I think that the real interest would be is sheriff a one card trick. So for so for example, everyone has been, uh, me included, has been underestimating sheriff. Say, saying, ah, they beat Shakhtar. Okay, that was a fluke. But they could never beat the likes of Real Madrid. And here we are, match day two, where Real Madrid is down two to one at the end of the, of the 90 minutes. They would, my interest is, will they see Inter go up against them and beat them, Tyler, first game? Inter I, gets think a they, good... I think they need to. I, th- I think that they will. I think that they will, especially if, if, if they are the underestimated underdog, as we all see that they are, right? I think that the, the, the game against Real Madrid, people will look at the stats. I think the coaches will look at the stats and underestimate them still. Be like, well, you know, that was just a fluke. They were able to, to get past such a giant, but, you know, we don't need to play that hard. And then it depends on who Inter will be playing in their own domestic league beforehand. Will they want to give the rest on, on, or not before, but after? So I think that Sheriff comes away with the third game on this, uh, on their um, schedule with a win against Inter. The game after Tyler, I think that is the game to be interested in because Inter was, everyone in this group would have, would have 
had some sort of interaction with Sheriff and they would not go down the same way that they went down the first time. So is Sheriff a one-trick pony or is there more to their strategy that is more withstanding and have them actually come through this group with better results, better than we all expected? Honestly, I, I don't think that they are. And I know we were kind of saying this about Shakhtar last year, but the difference that I see here is there were games where Shakhtar got dominated and the score reflected that. Mm-hmm. Sheriff got dominated in this game against a v- pretty strong Real Madrid team mm-hmm. and got through it and won. I, Like I said, I think the, the biggest thing they need to do is not have a big head and go out and win this game against Inter. Because if that happens, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to start not mattering about the goal differential. It's going to start mattering about the wins yep. and the points. And I think if they if they take one and in, enter, in mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I mean, depending on what happens with Shakhtar, because I think Real might be a little uh, antsy after what happened uh, last year against yep. them. I think depending on what happens there, we we might know the we might know what's happening in this group by the end of week three, maybe week four, mm-hmm. which would be cool. crazy. It would be crazy. So let's step into a little opinion corner, Tyler. A little opinion here for you. Um, not trending or anything. I don't think that anybody's really thinking about this except for me, honestly. Um, Juventus better with him, Manu worse with him. What do you think? What are we thinking about Cristiano Ronaldo's performance in both clubs? And he was with Juventus for quite some time, and the interest in him moving to Juventus was to gain some sort of supremacy with the Champions League, right? They were winning all the domestic cups, were not able to move forward in the Champions League. And it seems like every year that he was there, the team regressed. He didn't play badly. He didn't play poorly. But the likes of Dybala and... um, and Diego. Uh, Morata, um, Morata's there as Mar- well. Yes, and, and, and Morata. Morata actually shone um, with, with Cristiano Ronaldo and still, still doing some shining right now. But Juventus just seems like a more lively team now that he is gone. And Manchester United is not by any stretch of the imagination worse, but could we see a similar trend happen over there where they start off all hot and sweaty and then decline as the competition goes on well he he definitely wants uh the the first couple of games in the in the premier league ronaldo definitely uh definitely uh made his impact felt mm-hmm. um but then again you know we saw it a couple of weeks ago against young boys there you know uh i i feel bad to keep picking on him but jesse lingard made a made a mistake mm-hmm. but this week and uh, I think that this is kind of being overlooked in uh, Ronaldo's goal. That goal wouldn't have happened without Lingard. Yep. Not only making that play, but also realizing that Ronaldo was going to shoot and continue to duck out of the way of the ball. Mm-hmm. If, if you watch the replay on that shot, there's a very clear recognition from Lingard. Oh, he's shooting. I'm going to duck back down and get out of mm-hmm. the way. That goal wouldn't have happened if Lingard hadn't been uh, paying attention and mm-hmm. realized what was about ready to happen. So I think that Man City owes that win as much to Ronaldo as it does to Lingard. Yes. 
And, you know, I, I think it's, it's possible and you're, you're starting to see um, some of that uh, Ronaldo frustration come out, uh, you know, this past weekend in a, uh, I think that they tied. Yeah, they, they tied against Everton, mm-hmm. but Ronaldo came off the bench. Ronaldo was a sub that game. Right. And he just left the field, didn't talk to anybody, didn't seem interested in shaking hands, didn't seem interested in there. There was a clear element of that, that frustration that he is known for when, when his team is not playing well or doing what he wants them to do, mm-hmm. uh, that, it, that came very much to the forefront very quickly, despite how successful he's been mm-hmm. there in, in Manchester. So, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, I, I think the jury's still out, but of course, but, but again, that I don't think that they also would have been in this position if Tellez hadn't gotten that crazy goal yes. off, off a uh, one-timer that was just beautiful. Yes. I, I definitely think that that Tellez goal is the goal of the week. Um, that is my goal of the week for, for them. Um, and was definitely reflecting of a Manchester United team that is is ready to perform. Now, my thing is, um, I like to watch trends. You know, Tyler, you and I were in the trend business for a long time. We 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 are trend spotters. Um, <laughs> I just I see I see new energy in Juventus, and I just wonder if that intensity from Ronaldo has much to contribute to their decline over the past couple of years and now that he's gone with a you know there's no more pressure as to oh we have to win the champions league we have to win the champions league they're just going out and playing football now and now that well, manchester go ahead i was saying and that energy was there without morata and without dabala playing mm-hmm. in this game correct so they, they were missing two of their prominent goal scorers and still honestly again looking at the stats chelsea really should have run away with this game 100 uh but we'll we'll get into that uh well i guess we can talk we, we are talking about juventus without without ronaldo so you know I, yes I, I i don't need to prolong it i don't need to be mysterious no. about it no, no. chelsea Ch- chelsea dominated uh juventus and still lost the game 16 shots compared to six mm-hmm. uh 73 com- uh possession compared to 27 percent for juventus 18 fouls for chelsea compared to Juventus's eight, eight corner kicks compared to Juventus's one. I mean, you, you look at these stats and you see a Chelsea team that was hungry, that, mm-hmm. that really wanted this. And honestly, uh, there were a couple of shots, um, ironically, that I, you know, that I watched um, France and Belgium today, and I watched Lukaku put away a, an amazing goal in that game where mm-hmm. he did not put him away in this game. And that's really what Chelsea signed him for. Chelsea has missed a prolific scorer for years and they finally have one and he is missing the shots that they brought him there to make. Uh, so, I mean, I, yes, Juventus has that energy and has that uh, spark without him. They, they're playing like a team with something to prove. Like we, like you said, we don't need him. Mm-hmm. We, we don't need him to win, but also... I would venture that they, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, I think Chelsea would have taken this game. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I, I like just looking at this game and looking at the stats from the Sheriff uh, 
uh, Real Madrid game. I, I don't know why I keep on wanting to call them Manchester. So so watching watching the stats between both, right? There there are some key factors for me that stick out, right? Um, so in in and the main one that I'm looking at is the foul differential in the Sheriff game versus the foul differential in this game, right? Where Sheriff, the winners of that uh, contest against Real Madrid, had 12 fouls. That speaks to me that they were physical, right? And rightly so, needed to be, right? But that with the combination of lack of possession meant that they uh, had great defense. Chelsea, on the other hand, having a lot of possession and a lot of fouls means that most of those fouls were frustration fouls, right? Three yellow cards to their one yellow card. Juventus played a very patient, patient game. One shot on target with one goal. That's 100% completion, guys, right? There were six shots total, but one shot, all they needed was one on target, and that was it. That, that, was, that is the differential I see between these two, and you could, you could read some of these stats and, and, and have a bearing as to what's going on, but it just goes to show Juventus is not playing a very agitated, very intense style of football right now playing quite calm, quite collected. And like you said, Tyler, based on them being overburdened by Chelsea's assault on every level of the game, um, they were able to come away with that victory. So I'm actually going to skip past our last line item and go right into the next set of games, guys. We have another, we have match day three and four, right? Match day three and four going on on October 19th and October 20th. That's a uh, Tuesday, Thursday as... Tuesday, Wednesday. Sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, as we look going into um, this next week, uh, into, the, into the next set of games, um, as we break it down for you, Tyler, what's playing on the Tuesday? So we have uh, Besiktas versus Sporting, Brugge versus Man City, Ajax versus Dortmund, Atletico versus Liverpool, Porto versus AC Milan, Inter Milan versus Sheriff, PSG versus Leipzig, and Shakhtar versus Real. A lot of, I, I think, uh, and this happened last year too, I think we've seen a lot happen in these first couple rounds, and there's a lot, um, some of these games that we kind of weren't expecting to be important are now showing their importance mm -hmm. uh, like uh, Brugge versus Man City. Mm -hmm. Brugge is ahead of Man City in this group and they have to play them twice in a row. And with these group of games and with the, the next round of games, they're just flip-flopping home court advantage. Uh, so they will be playing the same team twice in a row. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you're, you're seeing a lot of these um, games that uh, like that Shakhtar Real Madrid game, very, very important. Mm -hmm. uh, Inter versus Sheriff, you know, and Inter uh, gets, gets the home game first, especially if Sheriff goes into, goes into Italy and wins, goes into Milan and wins. It's over. Crazy. And Sheriff has a very, very good chance to walk away with that group. Bashik mm -hmm. um, does sporting that could jumpstart either one of those teams into potentially, you know, into second or who's going to stay for the Europa Atletico mm -hmm. versus Liverpool. That's a great two for two weeks in a row. Um, Liverpool uh, doesn't need it as much as Atletico does, but 
I expect that we're going to see a lot that that's going to be a great game. Ajax Dortmund, that's for that group. That's going to be who wins that group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of things are going to be happening and it's exciting. And some of these smaller teams are um, proving their worth and making things a lot more interesting than, than we were expecting them to be. Exactly. Absolutely. That uh, match day number three is going to be very interesting. Um, and we'll be glued to our TV sets uh, watching those games as they happen. Next up, we have uh, match day four. Tyler, run us through match day four. So we have uh, Barcelona versus Dynamo Kiev, Salzburg versus Wolfsburg, Benfica versus Bayern, Chelsea versus Malmo, Lille versus Sevilla, Man U versus Adelina, Young Boys versus uh, Villarreal, and Zenit versus Juventus. Uh, again, Barcelona could save their tournament playing Zenit twice in a row. It could give them the confidence to power forward, even though there's not a lot of confidence in the coach, in the team. There's a whole crazy backstory coming about about how the team could have collapsed if they'd been made public. Mm-hmm. There's there's a whole lot of interesting things surrounding uh, your team, Greg, but they they could really, really save face by winning these next two games against Dynamo Kiev. And then you have teams like Chelsea needing to rebound. They need to need to win both of those versus Malmo. Man U versus Atalanta. Atalanta's leading the group. Which Man U team is going to show up? Yeah. Atalanta, Atalanta could go into Old Trafford and, and take one from Man U and put Man U closer to being back in Europa. Uh, young Boys versus Villa, uh, Villarreal. You know, they could... Uh, Villarreal really needs to rebound from that Man U game. They, they need to realize that they did so many good things and they were just unlucky. The, the sport of football is, as, as we pointed out with the, uh, not just the Chelsea game, but with the uh, Real Madrid game, you know, the stats may be in your favor, but it doesn't mean you're going to win the game. We say that week in, week out. Mm-hmm. And this was continued proof of it. You know, young boys really needs to rebound. And those, those could be, again, two very important games back to back. There's just a lot, a lot yeah. to be excited for. And I, I think, uh, you know, going ahead, uh, I'm, I'm thinking we might be able to start closing out some of these groups next week. I think so. I, I'm definitely looking at my group in Group E. Um, that group could be closed out, uh, but as of next week, we know we know that Bayern Munich has the ability to beat Benfica twice, um, which will have them on 12 points. Um, with Benfica having one. So if we play out that scenario properly, Benfica will stay at four. Bayern Munich will stay at, will go up to 12. I see, it's just me, one draw and one win for Dynamo Kiev over Barcelona, leaving Barcelona with one point at the bottom of the group. And we call it a day for them. And Dynamo Kiev having four tied with Benfica, which leaves it up to Benfica and Dynamo Kiev to settle that group out um, in the middle. I would love my boys to prove me wrong, but that's the way in which, uh, the, the, which we could check the, the next two games on the schedule um, and say, say, what we're, say what we're feeling. Say how, how we see it, Tyler. Or, or, like I was saying, that's six points. Put, we, we do, I, I am expecting Bayern to beat Benfica twice back-to-back. Bayern is that good. They've shown no... Uh, reason to make me think that their dominance is going to stop. Mm. So that would put Barcelona actually up 
ahead of Benfica and put them in second. Barcelona really, really needs to focus on beating Kiev twice. Yes. But there, there's a not not just Barcelona, a lot of these teams need to focus. And mm. uh, as we've said before, one of those teams is Sheriff. Yes. Be, beat Inter once, you're at least second place. Yeah. You, you, you are going to make it out of the group stage, but don't make it a letdown. You could win the you could win your group. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have- don't settle don't settle for second. You you've put yourself in the position to win this group. Don't let up. I don't, don't, I don't think don't get caught up in the hype. I don't think that they have quit in them, but usually when you see teams that that come up to to this level of the competition where it's it's actually happening, guys, um, we do see some news uh, pop up. So, guys, what an exciting episode that we had here for you this week. Can't wait to connect with you once the uh, the kickoff starts again. Um, Tyler, we can have another episode on on some of the international football that we were seeing going on right now um, next week, um, if that's something that you'll be interested in. And guys, if that's something that you'll be interested in, please leave a comment um, down in the comment section. Let us know what you think we should be talking about as well. I know that we're mainly Champions League, but we're all football fans here, and we would love to talk more football on a weekly basis. With that being said, I think I'm going to blow the whistle, guys. I think I'm going to blow the whistle. And that has been your episode of Stoppage Time.